This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. (laughs) And your sous chef, Frank Proctor. And uh, that opening always cracks me up. I, it's so wacky that it, it's good. It you know kind of I mean? suits us, I think. Yeah, and I, and Dave Gaskin, our producer, and I are so excited because it's less than a week away when we can get down to the Direct Energy Center and have a peek at Charlie's Bloomers. So it's it's really... Uh, <laughs> it's something to really look forward to. Yes. Well, it's all Canada blooms right now it in your is. little noggin, isn't it? it huh? is. that's where I'm. That's where I'm living these days. That's right. The construction started, um, really, the uh, all kinds of, well, about 40 loads of sand, like massive dump trucks of sand piled in uh, to the Direct Energy Center on Thursday. Now, what is your official title? My official title is Horticultural Director. I direct Ooh. the horticulture. I see. That'd be the plants. Yeah. yeah. You, palm tree over there. Exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. You, stand up. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I know some people think that, well, I, some people, some of the people I work with, for example, they think that Canada Blooms is all about the, the rocks and the stones and, you know, all this other kind of sand and mulch. And I'm like, no, no, it's all about the plants, people. Yeah, and, and we're talking sometimes big plants like trees. Well, frankly, Frank, my first trailer load of trees rolled in at seven o'clock this morning and it's um, chock full of, yes, uh, 20 foot maples and 20 foot birch trees. All in full leaf, I might point oh, wow. out. Beautiful. Crab apple trees, lindens, um, katsura trees, all kinds of great oh, stuff. Yeah. And uh, and then of course there's all the evergreens and the shrubs, and there's another just fifteen hundred roses coming. Yeah. And uh, loads and loads of bulbs and oh gosh, lots. Yeah. Lots so of this plants. all gets started anyway uh, uh, next Friday. The show opens next yeah. Friday at ten o'clock in the morning. In conjunction with the National Home Show, yeah. and so it's an extended period of time that's going to be on. That's right, because Canada Blooms has, yeah. oh, sorry to interrupt, but Canada Blooms has always been a five-day show. Yeah. And now uh, it's going to be a 10-day show for the first time ever. Humongous. Uh, humongous, big, and long, and very exciting. Right. And it's not just a bunch, about a bunch of flowers, because like Dave said to me, like, what's really there? <laughs> if I come to the show, what am I going to see? Is it just a bunch of flowers? No, it's quite beautiful. The, the installations that are, are get, being, ins- the, the gardens that are being installed right now are uh, very inspiring and all very different. Good thing and there's to like take 35. a camera, you know, oh, because gosh. you can replicate some of that stuff you see in your own garden, well, right? There's even a special workshop being offered, and uh, it's, it's the how-to photograph yeah. in the garden workshop. 
workshop that you can sign up for mm-hmm. unless it's already sold out. You can sign up for that. And uh, and then there's a photographer who's going to give you all kinds of tips on how to take great pictures. Then you're going to be let loose out into the show to take pictures. Oh, there are great. some very photogenic. Uh, there's always great photogenic opportunities there. Hey, that's marvelous. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Now, we better remind folks that this is the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Yes, it is. And we will talk of things other than Canada Blooms, although we'll we'll keep pump, pumping it, you know, for you. Oh, uh, thank you. And, and to, to reach, yeah. You should introduce yourself, my, oh, my undergardener well, sous chef. Well, I did right off the top I didn't there, but hear I. That, but okay. Oh, okay. It's Frankie Proctor, there and you go. I am the sous chef of the garden. And we have a mantra. Yes, the mantra is call early, call often. One question per call. Now, if you happen to ask your question and then you got another one, call back in. I mean, we're, you, we'll let you on the show numerous times. Uh, assuming you can get through to yeah, those busy well, lines. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> do you have some announcements that we want to I get do. on the air? Did you, did you do the numbers and I didn't uh, Oh, no, you know what? And I, I didn't. Okay. okay. <laughs> Here, are the, geez. Here are the numbers. 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto area listeners, and then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free. doesn't mm-hmm. cost you a penny. one 740 All right, let's roll out the old announcements. All right, get okay. your calendar ready yeah, and your pencil. Get it ready. I'm going to get it ready. Start yeah, okay. writing this down. <laughs> okay. okay, tomorrow, for those of you that want to learn more about Echoes of Wild Places, the March meeting of the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is happening at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is, of course, located at 777 Lawrence Avenue East. Echoes of wild places. And Dave Gaskin's eyebrows went up and he... (laughs) Immediately thought of the Zanzibar Tavern. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Liz Knowles is the speaker <laughs> at the special meeting I just referred yeah. to. <clears throat> ah. That's tomorrow. Okay. That's, so that's Sunday. On the 12th, the Asian Court Garden Club is holding their monthly meeting. Uh, it's at 8 o'clock in the evening. There will be a seed exchange, and there will be master gardeners there to answer questions. Alrighty. So that is the presentation. The place where they meet, of course, is the Knox United Christian Education Center, 2575 Midland Avenue, so Shepherd and Midland. There's free parking and refreshments, and everyone is welcome. <clears throat> then the next day, Tuesday, mm-hmm. the Lakeland Horticultural Society is pleased to announce that Paul Hayden will be speaking on wildflowers and invasive species. That's a good topic, wow. actually. Uh, so that's on Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. <clears throat> that's at the Marshland Center in Lakefield. Uh, as well, seed exchanges. There's Everybody's got seed exchanges going on, so bring your seeds. Swap with your friends for yeah. something. Or you can buy them. That's right. Yeah. In this case, as well, they will have seeds for, sh- for sale. They'll have a, a, I guess there's a little shop called the Urban Tomato, <laughs> and they'll be selling their heritage tomato seeds. <clears throat> Lakeland Horticultural Society meetings are held every month, as I mentioned, at the Marshland Center, which is on Hague Point. Uh, for more information, go to lakefieldhort.org. And then on Wednesday, March 14th, since there's something going on every day this week, the Burlington Hort Society is hosting Renee and Eva Schmidt or Schmitz at their, uh, at their meeting at 7.30 p.m., the Schmitz own and operate Palatine Fruit and Roses. They continue to be proud rose nurseries, specializing in growing roses of distinction. Is that in the Niagara area? <clears throat> yes. yes. Palatine's is, yes. They've got a winery down there, too. Yes, they do. Yeah. And I believe, I'm like 99% sure I'm correct, they donated some roses to my 
my 1,500 roses that are coming up to Canada well, Blooms. Well, good on you, folks. All in full leaf and flower, bud and flower, and just going to be amazing. Serious fragrance, really pretty. And again, talk about photogenic. Everybody loves taking pictures of roses, right? Yeah. Because they're just so intense. The colors are so good. So, of course, Burlington Hort Society does meet at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Seneca. Again, everybody is welcome. For more information, www.burlingtonhs.com. Okay, and that takes us to our first break because we want to get back to our callers who are anxiously waiting on the line to speak with Charlie Dobbin on her show <laughs> right here on AM 740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Gee, I didn't know they recorded the sound effect of us popping champagne corks in here. No, but that buzzing, I'm yeah. always wanting to start swinging my arms around on that. <laughs> <laughs> She's dangerous. Uh, I'm here to prop her up today, Frank Proctor, the sous chef, welcoming Rochelle from Toronto to the line. Hi, good morning, Rochelle. Hello, Rochelle. Morning. Where's calling about, uh, good morning, madam. I'm calling about, I should say, Queen. Good morning, Queen. Oh. There you are. You're the Queen of all. <laughs> oh, thank you. Or are you talking to Frank? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll smack Not you with my time. purse. You stop it. <laughs> my neighbor gave me um, a, a miniature white iris. This is several years ago. Mm-hmm. And it grew nicely. And the next year, I think there were two mm-hmm. miniature white iris. And they flowered moderately well. This year, which I'm trying to think, it must have been six years ago uh, that I planted the first one. Uh-huh. I noticed coming up, and, and it's been happening for a while, a ring of iris plants mm-hmm. that don't bloom. And I know I should have spoken to you years ago. No, this is a great question because it's classic what's happened there. Uh, the, we love irises. They're, they provide lovely vertical foliage all summer in the garden beautiful, you know, really sparkling flowers early in the summer. But they do need to be thinned out or divided at least every three years. Every three years. Because you'll find, just as you did, that they flower very nicely the first year, the second year, okay, third year, not so much, and by fourth and fifth year, now it's just leaves. And it's that ring that tells you what's going on. The center of the ring is all due for the compost. The outer edge of the ring, which is where all your little green leaves start to come up, that can be all chopped up into separate iris plants so that you could end up with as many as 10 or 12 or more plants. And that's what you... The best time, frankly, to do this transplanting, dividing, is in August, early August. However... I would be inclined to do it this spring just because it needs to be done. And you're more likely to get some flowers this year the sooner you do. You do this lifting, eliminate the center, and repot, replant what's, what's on the outer edge of the ring. Do I have to be uh, very careful with them, or are they fairly tough? Oh, they're very tough. The, the biggest trick with the irises, particularly the kind that you have, which are the with the rhizome, um, almost looks like gnarly fingers there on the surface of the soil. When you transplant, ensure that you are keeping them at that same level. You're not burying them any deeper. Make sure it's a well-drained, fairly, you know, reasonably fertile soil. It doesn't have to be super rich, but just well-drained and as much sun as you can possibly give them to get your best flowers. 
Okay, and how important is it to trim those leaves? I notice people trim them into nice V shapes. That's we always do the trimming when we're doing that dividing and and um, transplanting in August because then there's a lot of leaves at that point. When you're doing what you're going to do, you're just going to have little tiny sprouts of leaves anyway. And the dwarfs, the the miniature or dwarfs tend to ha- keep the leaves fairly low anyway. The only time we trim off or trim the leaves is if they're you know sort of cascading into a walkway or or causing some issues <laughs> on top of other plants. Okay. <laughs> Okay, thank you, and I'm rushing for the volume so I can hear the rest of the program. Thank <laughs> okay. you so, so much. <laughs> Thanks for your Thanks, call, Michelle. Michelle. It's uh, 918 here at AM 740, and our next caller, I just know, listens to the show religiously because uh, Betty's <laughs> subject is prayer, plant, and insects. Uh, hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Frank. How Hi. are you? Good, thank you. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. I'm so glad to get through to you. First time I've ever called. Oh, wow. And I got up, and as soon as I opened my eyes, I said, oh, yes, the show is still on. Let me get through. First <laughs> ring I got through. Excellent. Yes, we have this prayer plant. There were two of them, mm-hmm. and we tran- they weren't doing very well, so we transplanted them to another pot, one pot, and they started to grow, and then they died. Then one came back up, and now we realize the plant has some little flies that seems to be killing killing them. Okay, so the little flies, do they remind you of fruit flies? Yes, they're very small, yeah. Yeah, and they're dark. And you'll know for sure that they're... Do you have any other plants in your house or just the prayer plant? No, I have other plants, yeah. So so the way you test where those little flies are coming from is just with the the palm of your hand, Yeah. bang the side of the pot. That's that's my husband's job. He does that. Good. So he knows that those little flies are coming out of that pot. Yeah. Excuse me. I've got a frog got, in your throat. There, I've got really? dust in my throat, I think. <laughs> so um what those are called is they're called fungus gnats. And fungus though gnat. how do you spell it? A gnat is G N A T. Yeah, gnats. Okay, yeah. So they they actually eat fungus. Okay. And the baby form of a fungus gnat is a little tiny tiny caterpillar. Mm-hmm. So they are in the soil moving around eating whatever fungus is available mm-hmm. and then continuing their life cycle to turn into adult flies or gnats. They fly around looking for a place to lay eggs. They love fungus, so they're going to look for moist locations with high fungus availability in order to maintain as big a population as possible. One of the best ways to get rid of fungus gnats is to cut back on your watering of all your plants, potentially, but particularly that plant, that will lower the fungus quantity in the soil. Yeah, so how often should I um, I I usually wet it once a week? Okay, so try not to water on the calendar. Try to water based on the plant's needs. Okay. It's pro- how big is the pot that the prayer plant it's, is in? It's small right now. Yeah, it's probably like a four or five or maybe six-inch right, pot. Yeah. So use your finger or just get used to the feeling of the weight of the pot. Um, there's, it's very appropriate to water thoroughly when you are watering. Make sure the plant has been you know, really thoroughly soaked. Yeah. But you can let it dry down to a quite dry, um, oh, not quite desert, but close to desert conditions between waterings. Do yeah. not keep that plant constantly moist. Okay. And you'll find that will lower the, the um, amount of gnats just because it'll lower the amount of fungus. Yeah. The other thing I w- find that works well, and I saw they've got them out for sale now at Home Depot, and I'm sure they're out in any sort of good garden center or any sort of home store. <clears throat> it's a product made by Safers. Safers are the Safer soap people. Safers. But, yeah, but the product you're looking for is called Sticky Sticks. Say that again? 
sticky, as in sticky fingers. Uh But then the second word is sticks, S-T-I-X. Okay, sticky sticks. Yep. Okay. Grab a box of those, take them home. Put some of those little, follow the instructions. There's a little yellow, sticky, it's like flypaper idea. Uh You're going to put some of those on little stakes into the pot, you know, standing up in the soil of the pots where you suspect fungus gnats. They're very attracted to that yellow, sticky paper, and the adults will fly right in and never fly off and not be able to lay eggs. And you'll find that you will eliminate all the insects that way. All right. Okay. Yeah, thanks so much. Oh, thanks for your call. Thanks for uh, getting through in the line. First time caller. Yeah. Hey, terrific, Betty. Welcome and call anytime. You betcha. It's <laughs> uh, 922. And uh, just to go along with the theme of that <clears throat> particular call, there's a fungus among us. But being a fun <clears throat> guy myself, I am all set to do my exercises oh, as my a little goodness. visual cue. She needs a lot of help this morning. She's tired. <laughs> Wait till okay. next Let, Saturday. Well, We're oh, be I know. Deeper trouble. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring in toothpicks for your eyes. Thank okay, you, Okay, here I go. Exercising now. Exercising. Yeah, why are you exercising? You could just well, come and help me at Canada Blooms. You'd get lots of exercise there. Lifting those 20-foot trees. Sure, exactly. you want to give me a hernia? <laughs> God. Frank and I both, in an effort to stay yes. active and pain-free, take Sierra Cell. Three little pills every day, a very completely natural mineral supplement, which somehow magically keeps the joints limber and, like I said, pain-free. It's uh, something we've both had very good success with and recommend that you try it if you have any issues with bending and lifting and any of the, those joints that you want to keep moving. Sierra Cell can be very, very effective. Many ways to purchase it at their website, sierrasil.ca. Or at your local health food store. It is available in many health food stores now in Ontario. Uh, Essence of Life on Kensington Avenue in Toronto. Um, let's see, uh, Hooper's Pharmacy in Brampton. And the Stone Store on Commercial Street in Guelph all carry Sierra Cell. Or give them a call, 1 877 Joint 14. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And this is the chef, the chef. The sous chef. The sous chef. Exclusively the on show. The Garden Show. Exactly. I do not get hired out by anybody else. No. Uh, and I, the phone number. I keep you all for myself. Uh, yes, you do. 416 <laughs> And then our toll-free line, one 740 4740 here on Zoomer Radio. Let's welcome George to the line, calling in from St. Catharines. Hi, George. Hi, how are you? Good. Good morning. Greetings, Charlie. <laughs> what, what's going I, on at your place? I have, uh, I just moved to St. Catharines, oh, um, seven or eight months ago, and uh, mm-hmm. we bought a house, and we have this catalpa tree in our front, mm-hmm. and I don't know anything about them, and um, it we haven't trimmed it back or anything, and it's kind of gone wild. Um, it's a bit shorter than I would have liked it to be. It seems to be awfully squatty, and it's got a, it also has a sort of a, 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 a branch that seems to be a real, almost the size of the trunk that's coming sideways out of the the lower, just below the <coughs> the, the big part. <laughs> <laughs> the so, main stem. Um, anyway, so my, my question is, what uh, to do now? I cut, should I trim it all the way back, and can I do that now? 
And what else can you tell me? <laughs> you should see the look on Frank's <laughs> face. He's trying to figure out what this plant is all about. Tell me, how tall is it? How tall is the, the main stem before any branching starts? Okay, it's a lot lower than I'd want it to be. It looks to me like it's not much more than uh, four or five feet. Hmm. That's pretty. That's actually pretty standard. Yeah. And there's just the one. You just have the one catalpa? Yes, yeah, just one, yeah. So it's out in the front somewhere. That's correct. Right out, right out in my front lawn, yeah. Okay, so for those of you that aren't clear on what we're talking about, catalpa is a tree that's often, it, it, when it's growing, it almost looks like a lollipop because it's got that single main trunk. Oh, yeah. And if it's raised properly and pruned properly, it's cut back very, very hard in the fall or the spring so that it really doesn't look attractive at all in the winter. And then when it starts to grow, it has these really pretty heart-shaped leaves, quite large. And it'll stay very compact and dense, so that's where it looks a bit like a lollipop. Because in that growing season, when it's allowed to grow, that so it's four feet of stem, and then it might be as much as you know five or six feet of, of foliage wow. rounded on top. And that's pretty much what it does. If it's been, if it's that kind of a, of a sort of an umbrella catalpa. So, it, what should you do? I personally would try and get it under control. I would this spring before it starts to do any kind of growing, get out my saw and perhaps try and remove that very large branch that's really unbalancing the whole plant, yeah. and then trim everything back. Trim it right back. It's um, when I said there's only is there only one quite often they're used to line a driveway, for example. Uh, yeah. So you'll have one, two, three. And then there can. So it adds a certain formality, a certain elegance to a front garden. And if they're maintained properly, they're very uniform in their size and shape because of that serious pruning that you do every year. Um, can I like that um, big, large sort of it's almost like a trunk going sideways, like a huge hmm. Uh, like, is, uh, that won't hurt it for me to cut off that great big... What um, diameter is that? Uh, okay, the diameter of the tree itself at the widest point, I'd say, looks like about 12 inches. Oh, but that's... The, yeah. the, one, the one that's coming out is uh, it's almost, I don't know, maybe 9 inches or so. It's pretty big. Wow. I wonder why somebody left that. Uh, I don't know. It looks almost looks like a, like a I don't know. Hang a bird feeder. Know, Hang a swing from it. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, so so I don't know. Will I, will I hurt it if I cut off such a large? Uh, Not uh, if you do it properly. And when I say properly, never prune during wet weather. Make sure it's a nice dry day. Okay. Make sure you've got sharp tools. Okay. And remember, when it's a heavy branch, that you don't just sort of say, "Okay, here's where my final cut is going to be," and then just make one cut. Because when you start sawing, the weight of the branch will, of course, gravity will take the branch down, okay. and the bark tends to strip right down the stem. So, do so three cuts, yeah. right? There's the under and the over. Then when weight, the weight takes it, uh, it breaks at that point. Right. Now you've only got a stump to work with, and you do your third cut at your final location. Right. Look for what's called a branch collar. It might be a bit hard to see because there's probably a lot of little branches yeah. right around where this you know, yeah. massive branch is. Yeah. But that's where you really want to bring it back to is to the branch collar. And it's going to look a bit odd because it's going to be always a bit... Little branches aren't going to suddenly sprout from that spot where you've removed the the main stem, but other small branches will come from around where that stem was. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, with such a huge uh, cut, is there, I, don't, I just leave it raw like that? I don't put 
No pruning paint, not at all. Just like people, we, we heal better with good, fresh air and sunshine. The plant will scab. A healthy plant will heal itself very effectively if you do your cutting, as I said, on, in dry weather, sharp tools. And if you can cut to the branch collar, that's where the most active um, biological activity is, and the healing will happen more quickly. I see. Okay. okay. Now, um, rate, like I, 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 can I cut it down like... Now, sort of thing. I mean, like as far as um, you could. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to do it tomorrow, but <laughs> well, I was, mean, like we're at that point actually. I mean, I know it's only March, but it's uh, crazy winter and some very warm temperatures coming. So the key is is to do it before it starts to grow. Kind Correct. Of well, it's still dormant. Yeah. And and how how long do you think that will be? What kind of window do I have? <laughs> well, you're in St. Catharines. You're in the banana belt. For all I know, you're going to be filling your swimming pools next weekend. <laughs> like they're talking 16 degrees in Toronto yeah. on so by Tuesday or Wednesday. Yes. So it's going to be that yeah. much warmer in St. Catharines, and things are just going to start pumping along. You know, a little bit of rain, some warm weather. Yeah. Those plants are poised and ready to grow after such a mild winter. Yes. Yes. It wouldn't leave it too long, then, is what you're uh, saying. That'd yeah. be my su- suggestion, yeah. exactly. And George, I got I to admit to you, when I first saw this come up on our monitor, <laughs> I saw George St. Catharines wants to talk about cutting a catapult tree. <laughs> and I thought, what the hell kind of, you know, be shooting over fences all the time. It'd be tough to nail down. So I'm glad you called in. I now know what a... Catalpa. That, that tree is all about. <laughs> I'm lucky I can even pronounce it. Yeah, well, you're better than I. Now Frank can you're better too. better man than I, Gunga Din. <laughs> okay. Thanks for calling in, George. Hope we've been of help. Oh, or George you have is. been. Thank you kindly. <laughs> we've oh, been of help. We, I just caught myself. Yeah. I hope we've been in the, well, the royal we. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. We are so good, aren't we? <laughs> we, yes. Now, th- this reminds me that yes. next week, when I'm so much more tired than I am this week, uh, we, we've, we're going to put in requests for nematode questions only, right? Lawn that's questions only. The only question I'm I'm authorized to answer. That's right. Yeah. And so Frank's in charge next week. So we yeah. everybody think about your lawns and your grubs and call next week for that. Uh, and, and don't get will, sick of the word nematode because it'll be used all. Because Frank's really ready for that one yes. next week. <laughs> Nine thirty-four our time here. It's the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and we welcome. Uh, let's see. It's uh, Margaret from Burlington on the line right now. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Charlie. Morning. Frank. Yes. Right. Um, Some of the answers you just gave George probably would apply to my question, too, but I'm going to ask anyway. Mm -hmm. I have a Rose of Sharon, Mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted to know where on the branch I should prune. Is it a tree or a shrub? It's... um, like single stem well, or multi stem? I think it's a tree. Okay. I think it, it really grew quite tall last summer. Yeah. All that rain last spring mm-hmm. meant we all so the rows of Sharon. It's gone uh, crazy. Okay. All right, so you're absolutely right. The spring is the right time to trim a rose of Sharon because mm-hmm. you want flowers. At late in the summer, you do your radical pruning early in the spring. Like now. Like now. You okay. can trim up to a, th- you can remove up to a third of that plant's growth. Okay. Everything that you see there, up to a third, can be removed this spring without any detrimental effect on the plant at all. Where do I cut on the branch, well, Charlie? Well, so think about it. Where the long branches are, if you say, just as an example, cut a long branch in half, 
oh, in its okay. length. What'll happen from that point is you'll then have a Y. So where you, that single stem is, is a three foot branch. You cut it in half. Now it's a foot and a half, mm-hmm. but it's going to turn into a Y. So it's going to send another shoot off from that point. It might even send more than one shoot. It might send two or three sh- little buds that are along that foot and a half you left are going to break and start to grow. Okay. So quite often when I, when a Rose of Sharon gets big and overgrown, I really sort of stand back and have a very sharp, small limbing saw handy. And I take some of the branches away right at ground level if it's a shrub. Yeah. Uh, because if it's multi-stemmed, it's multi-stemmed from the base. If it's a tree, it's single stem from the base, but then it's multi-stemmed at some point. And like you said, it's gone crazy. It's just too yeah. big, too tall. So you have two options. One is you can kind of look at it, just give the whole thing a haircut down to a, a reasonable level so that instead of being 10 feet tall, now it's only it's five or six feet tall. Exactly. Okay. And just sort of haircut right across. Uh, recognizing, though, it will just be that much denser and thicker uh, at the end of the season, so at some point you're going to need to thin out some of those some of those branches. The uh, ones that don't uh, give any blooms. All of them will give bloom if they get sufficient sunshine, and that's what ends up happening is that there's so much dense growth. There's the, some of the branches get shaded by yes. each other, and you will end up with branches with no flowers. So my impulse would be to say, if it's like I say, ten feet tall, bring it down to six feet, and mm-hmm. then selectively remove right from the main stem some of those branches that are still there. Okay, that's great. Okay, and do Thanks that so again much. on a I really sunny enjoy day. Your show and oh, listening good. to the two of you. <laughs> Thank you very much. The Thank boss you. Will be happy to hear about that. Uh, by, by that I mean my wife. Uh, yeah. It is now nine thirty-eight here on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Phone numbers four one six three six zero zero seven forty and the toll-free line one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. The first voice you will hear will be that of our producer, best producer in the biz, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. David Gaskin. Uh, all right, now he's lined up Brian from Markham. Hi, Brian. How are you doing this morning? Hi. Uh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. A uh, question for you, Charlie, mm-hmm. uh, would be about the safety and effectiveness of using uh, rock dust, which is essentially ground up gravel, in uh, old and new vegetable beds for the purpose of increasing micronutrients in food. So, is that something that you buy? Uh, yeah, I learned about it on the internet, but I don't have any details about it. And if it would, uh, if plants would take up the mm. nutrients that are harmful to human health. Oh, would oh would well okay so think so about uh, okay so I, I'm going to give you my common sense response to this rather than my detailed knowledge about rock dust specifically, not having read about it on the internet so much. But if if rock dust is the dust from quarries and and gravel etc. There's no question. Lots and lots of minerals uh, involved in that. So, we, and we know that plants need macronutrients and micronutrients in order to thrive. So, adding any kind of a dust, a rock-based product, as long as it's a you know a clean product in the sense that it hasn't come from a, a horrible old gas station site or something like that, right? It's come from a, a clean site. Uh, we'll do a couple of things. One is it's going to add some drainage to your if your soil is very uh, compacted or very clay. Any any sort of rocky material will certainly help with drainage because it's going to be a larger aggregate size than your fine little silt and clay particles. So that can be a good thing. No question, adding minerals is always a good thing. 
Uh, number three, will those minerals become available to the plant? That depends on the amount of organic material you've got in your existing soil now. Because a living soil, a soil that's full of microorganisms um, and tiny, tiny things we can't see and big things we can see like worms and sow bugs, they're the ones that do the chewing up and breaking down of the materials that are in the soil, thus um, breaking some of the, the bonds, the actual chemical bonds and molecular bonds that um, tie those nutrients and tiny little little ions up so that the plants can get, get at some of those, uh, those chemicals or those minerals. Um, that's an excellent answer, but uh, I was wondering if, like, the concern was if any of the harmful um, things that are found in rocks uh, would get into the food. And I'm not sure. Well, like what? What's harmful? Like what? What rocks? Are you taking um, your rocks from a uranium mine? I mean, <laughs> yes, there are harmful rocks. <laughs> Brian's glowing. Now. But generally, what what are you concerned about? What harmful things are you worried about? Uh, maybe lead. Uh, I don't know if that's available readily in rocks, but like. Well, it is if you live in Elliott Lake, but um, yeah. or it's actually I guess that's more uranium. I mean, I worked in a lead mine up in the Yukon. There's not a lot of lead. We here in southern Ontario. It all went to one place. It's all limestone. <laughs> it's all it's lime-based, granite-based, quartz-based. We the, the rocks that we find here in southern Ontario, and you are calling from Markham. I think you would find there wouldn't be a lot of, of things to be highly worried about. Oh, 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 oh you still there? Yeah. Yeah, so, and again, it, it's a quantity thing. If you're in doubt, never pour tons and tons of any one thing into your garden soil because you will have sometimes adverse effects. So, uh, a little bit of something rarely hurts, can often help. Everything little, in moderation. Yeah, a lot of something can be a problem. I mean, I remember a guy one time, a sawdust coming out of his his workshop, thinking, oh, what am I going to do with all the sawdust? I'll throw it in the garden. Well, there was so much sawdust, he really kind of messed up the, the soil pH with all that sawdust. Uh, it's like ashes out of the fireplace. No problem, within reason. So that, that would be, I guess, sort of my bottom line. And if in doubt, remember, soil testing is always a good way to know exactly what you're dealing with when it comes to your soil. Okay. You know, good soil analysis. Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, Thanks Brian. for your call, Thank Brian. You Great question. And, uh, always a pleasure to hear a rather unusual question. That was kind of an unusual question. You think? Yeah, well, I'm particularly thinking if, if the, he is actually bringing in rock from the uranium mines, <laughs> at least he won't need a light to uh, ha- read the paper in the morning or whatever. Oh, or you know? do his weeding. He can no, weed at night, weed right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there with a flashlight. <laughs> Th- thanks for the call, Brian. Uh, 9.42 our time here at AM 740. We have to take a little bit of a break here, but we'll be back and have a chat with Ursula from Toronto in just a moment here at AM 740, The Charlie Dobbin Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And we could, yeah, well, there we are. There we are. I say we're just talking about uh, gardens and what controls things, and uh, you pretty well control all. Uh, that's my Charlie plan. Dobbin. Yes. Well, <laughs> you, Ursula has been waiting on that line to talk about aphids in a birch tree. My gosh. Let's see what's going on. Hi, Ursula. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I hope you can control this. <laughs> I've had a problem with with my arborist tells me that they're that they're uh, a type of aphid in my white birch trees in, mm-hmm. in my backyard. 
um, they're brown, mm-hmm. and there are hordes of them. Without exaggeration, there are thousands of them. Oh, wow. Um, in, in the warm weather. And um, the, the company that I'm using is, is treating the trees with something called ACE cap. They, they inject that into the trees, and, and they do that um, usually uh, early in the season. And because it, it uh, you know, they, they just come back, then they just do a soap spray later in the season. But nothing, nothing is, is getting rid of these things. Um, and the, the company is telling me that they can't use anything stronger because of the pesticide laws that were, that were passed a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> In addition to the number of these things, they, they have a, a, an awful odor. I call them stink bugs. It's, it, they're just awful. And I'm wondering if you have any suggestions. Huh. Good question. I mean, typically the problems that birches get are there's an internal insect that love the bronze, that love the white birch, which is called the bronze birch borer. You rarely see it because it's inside the tree and it ultimately kills it. The other one that causes a lot of problems on the white birch are um, leaf miners. And leaf miners eat out the inside of the, of the leaves so that the leaves are, look like stained glass. You can see right through oh, them. Yeah. Um, the, so, these, but these are on the surface. Yeah, they're they're not they're not eating the leaves. No, and they're congregated on the tips, on the growing tips. Or of the leaves? Yeah. No, you can you can find them um usually on the under on the underside of the leaves. Uh-huh. Um at the usually at the stem part. And are they um, but sh- then the uh, my my garden shed sits underneath these trees mm-hmm. and they they're down on on this shed and the shed is is white and cream colored, and it literally turns brown. Holy cow! Like like there there, there's as I say, there's thousands of them. I I am just at my wits' end. I, I don't know what, I don't know whether I'm going to have to cut the trees down, which would be a real that would really bother yeah, me. Yeah, no. Whether I should um, Here. get a second opinion from another arborist. Perhaps. I, um, I just well, don't know what to do. Help me. The, the product you said that they're using is called ACE CAP, as in A-C-E? Yes. CAP, C-A-P. Yeah. Okay. And they, and they inject know. that into the, okay. into the trees. Okay, so here's what I would suggest. <clears throat> uh-huh. I don't think they're aphids. Are they shiny, these brown bugs? Are they shiny or are they just kind of a dull brown? Um, Have well, you ever taken any pictures of them? No. No, okay. Um, all right. Right now, the trees so are... It's, it's, it's the arborist who's telling me that they are a form of aphid. Right. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. So um, right now, the tree is completely dormant. It's mm-hmm. not yet awake, but it's going to wake up soon. Mm-hmm. What, this is the time when we can do, and all of us should be thinking about this, we can do some preventative care for our trees and our shrubs and our bushes and our roses and all that with a spray that's called dormant spray. Uh, dormant spray is used on dormant plants. It is designed to eliminate insects that have overwintered on our plants, in, usually in the form of eggs, but they've overwintered on the outside of the plants. And as well, it helps control insect, or sorry, fungal diseases that have overwintered on the plants in the form of spores. So we spray 
It's an oil. It's a horticultural oil, so it's a light oil and lime sulfur. They're mixed together. They're added. Water is added to that, and we spray our dormant plants to do, like I say, some preventative care for our plants to avoid insects and diseases in the future. Charlie, these are big trees. Oh, I understand. Yeah, something you wouldn't be able to do. No. But I'm just wondering if it might be... See, if you called in another arborist now, uh-huh. they're not going to be able to see anything now, yeah, I no, don't think. Right. Uh, I should have taken a picture. Yeah. When, when do they show up? In probably June. When it's, when it's warm. When it's warm. Okay. Yeah. When, it, when, it gets, when it gets a little bit warm. Um, last year, I thought we had had the, the, the problem conquered because it was, it was a fairly cold winter, and it took them a longer time to come out. And I thought, oh, good, maybe they've been they've been killed off, or mm-hmm. at least most of it's them. Co- such a cool spring. But yeah, but um, as as no, they they came right back again, and they they don't they don't just stay in the trees; like they drop onto the ground, and and um, little uh, plants that I have in the garden in a garden underneath these trees, they'll they'll congregate in there too, and and. Oh, they're just they're just awful. They're awful. And has your arborist ever tried to spray the tree at all or just use the uh, these ace caps which is obviously a, a sy- designed to be a systemic to systemic, be systemic that's right yeah. Uh, he yes mm. they do but only with soap spray because he says they can't use anything else now. Well they they can there's there's pyrethrins that they can use and see the the trick with soap is that soap only works if every single insect's body is coated with the soap. Yeah. And well, then they suffocate. But if they're big too trees, many of them for for him to do that. Yeah. Uh, what was it? What else did you say they could spray with? Well, there's some called pyrethrin, and pyrethrin is a low toxicity insecticide, which um, does work somewhat like soap, but it also can be more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, the the arborist that you have is it a well known company or is it just an individual? Is it a, this person a certified arborist or? Do yeah, you know? he's a certified yeah, arborist. He is, okay. I, I guess I shouldn't say the name, right? No. Uh, Probably just, not. Um, yeah. So how many trees do you have? A couple? Um, there's three of them left. And how uh, tall are they roughly? Oh, goodness, they're huge, great, big things. They've been they've been here for a number of years. Oh, they sound beautiful. How tall? They're probably 30 feet hmm. tall. 30 like feet huge, plus. Beautiful trees. Hmm. Okay. I would hate, hate to... I would hate to have to cut them down, but mm-hmm. as I say, this this bug situation yeah. is getting sick. You know, you can't sit out there in the summertime no. because they'll land on your head or something, oh, and if Lord, you go yeah. and, and, and knock them up, the, the, the odor is, yeah. is off. I, I don't even know how to describe the odor. Yeah. It's well, there oh, are well, bugs called yeah. stink bugs. They're called that for a reason. Yeah. When you brush uh, them, they I stink. Um, So you know what I'm going to do, because I can't give you a definitive, but we do have time, so it's good you called early in the season. Leave this with me. I'm going to talk to my... My arborist friend, oh, who okay. is going to give, give us give me some suggestions, which I will pass on to you next week. Okay. Okay. So Great. leave that with me, and uh, in the meantime, don't yeah, don't. There's nothing you can do right now, anyway. Yeah. No, uh, it's no, still so know, early in the I season. Was, I was but getting ready good. because I I just know that that they're going to. You know, the sometimes when it gets cooler, you you think they're going away and they're gone, mm. and then like in the fall when we get a fairly warm day, I go out there and they're just 
all over the place. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's no fun yeah. at all. All yeah. right. Well, we'll get that sorted out. Okay. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you, Ursula. Thanks for your call. Yeah, that's got to be a real pain in the you-know-what. Because, really? I mean, you're out there with your martini and you got guys <laughs> doing the backstroke in your drink. That's no fun at well, all. Well, it's kind of like it, we all have at the end of the season how the wasps and hornets yeah, are not... hovering around. And then there's the little sap beetles, right? I wonder. Probably not sap beetles that she's got. Uh, they're she's the starting, ones that always yeah. go into the beer, right? No, ones, yeah. right. Oh, those guys. Yeah. yeah. Gee. They just love the smell Half of your my beer. Alexander Keith is gone by the time I, <laughs> I know, yeah. they, they drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, moving along here, golly, uh, it's time for once again Frankie Proctor to do his exercises. The sous chef <clears throat> gets in shape I'm on the you, air, I'm, live. Oh, <laughs> You no. always get in shape. It's good. <laughs> You're in pretty good shape. For the shape of men is what you're thinking. I know. <laughs> boomers. Boomers like Frank and I. Zoomers like Frank and I who who want to maintain uh, freedom and all of our favorite activities take a product called Sierra Sil because it helps reduce aches and stiffness. I want to be free. <laughs> I want to be free. Oh, do your exercises. Oh, okay. So we know that Sierra Sil works because we take it. It is mineral. It's a very natural mineral supplement. Comes from the Sierra Mountains. Uh, wonderful people can answer all kinds of questions. They have a great website, sierrasil.ca. Or you can pick it up at a local health food store. Uh, all good health food marts locations have it. Hamilton, Woodbridge, Bramley, Guelph, Cambridge, two Burlington locations, Mississauga and Aurora. Or you can give the Sierra Sil people a call at 1-877-JOINT-14. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Hey, Charlie, let's jog along to say hi to Joan, calling in about a purple sand cherry tree. That sounds intriguing. Hi, Joan. Yeah, good morning, good morning. Morning. Um... I live in a townhouse complex here in Burlington, and we have a lot of the purple sand cherries planted. Mm-hmm. Last year, one of them had a huge, what I call a canker, on the trunk, mm-hmm. and they had to cut that down. Now, since the fall and over the winter, I've noticed all the trees along the front are getting these cankers on various branches. Mm-hmm. What is the best solution um, to conquer this, and when? Good question. That is a disease called black knot. Yeah. It is a fungal disease that attacks any of the members of the prunus family, which is the cherries and the plums and the purple sand cherries. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> it is inside the tree. It will eventually kill the tree. Mm-hmm. If you're seeing uh, these kind of tumory looking growths or cankers on the branches, the trick is with sharp pruners mm-hmm. and a little... Um, a bucket of alcohol and water, uh, so a mix of you know forty to one alcohol to water. Mm-hmm. The branches need to be cut, like, need to be removed from the main plant, at least eighteen inches, preferably down towards the center of the plant, away from the canker. Mm-hmm. And at, between every cut, the pruning shears are dipped into the disinfectant. Oh, okay. okay. Obviously, these have been a bad choice of trees to put here. Well, you know what? It's been a bad kind of go for those purple sand cherries the last few years. They've really, the weather hasn't, they haven't been happy. And of course, last spring was a very 
bad year for many plants, but a very good year for all the fungal diseases. All that rain, all that cool weather. Remember what happened? It started raining in April, and it didn't stop raining till about June 22nd. Yep. And all that rain obviously kept us out of our gardens, and it kept the fungal diseases very happy. So even though it got very hot and dry after that, a lot of damaged spring fungal diseases had a lot of opportunity to to kind of have some impact. So we are seeing some of that now. Um, Well, if it keeps going the way it is... I can see half the tree in front of my my place being cut off. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's bad. it. So, and and so, your question is a good one because you're right. Some prevent, you know, an effort to try and save the trees is very much worth it. But a plan for a succession is also maybe a good idea. Mm-hmm. When those plants die, which they are in the process of doing now, probably. What's mm-hmm. going to grow in that spot? So mm-hmm. maybe you as, a, as the townhouse corporation or maybe you have a gardening committee, whatever, however it works, need to sit down and say, okay, we need to have a plan of what's coming in as these others are coming out. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay? Thank you so much. Thanks so thank much for your Thank you very call. much, Joan. Enjoy your weekend. All thank right. You. Same to you. And thanks to, uh, to all our callers uh, this morning here to The Garden Show asking those uh, really poignant questions. And Charlie, I know... We're out of time here. Where did it go? I don't know. Well, I know where you got to go. You're, you're <laughs> heading right back down to the Direct Energy Center to get cracking on Canada Blooms. Got opening I next Friday. I've got people to get busy. Yeah. And you, you're here for a while? Yeah, well, the boys in the next room there are kicking me out. They they never let me stay in the control room. Really? Dave's Corner Garage guys. No, D- uh, Dave Rediger and uh, Ellen Gelman. And they're the, here. They're special guests, too. They hire bodyguards to come in. And, <laughs> and I think that's who they brought in this morning. Anyway. And then you're on later after I'll that. I'll be on at 11 o'clock. And if I remember, I'm going to give you a call later. You are, 2.15. All right. Wonderful. Round there. Okay, Okay. perfect. (laughs) Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Dave. Thanks to all our good callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.